Good morning. Have a seat, everybody. Okay, so um, I want to apologize. Every time we kick off a new series, I say words something like this. I'm really excited about the new series. Um, but I am really excited about this new series. Um, <clears throat> there are so many reasons why I'm excited about it. And I want to tell you about a few of them, then dig into Ephesians chapter 1. If you have your Bible, you can open it up to Ephesians 1. That's going to be our text this morning, but it'll be uh, a few minutes before we get to it uh, because I just want to sort of lay the, the groundwork of why we're here and, and what we're doing, why we're doing what we're doing, uh, the point of this series. But ultimately, this morning, we're going to just kind of launch it out and, and talk about stories and, and why stories are existing and, and what we're doing with the series, kind of the direction and, uh, and that. But then in subsequent Sundays, we'll begin to just, uh, via video, tell a story of, of somebody that's, that's within our church. Uh, as you can see, this cool uh, image that's up here, uh, those are just pictures of people that uh, call North Church their home. And uh, this series, the whole of it, is putting the, the grace of God on display in the life of the people here. And uh, we'll, we'll see through Ephesians that this isn't just an idea for us to do because we don't know everybody's story or we don't. This is the reason for this is this is what God has intended for us. And we'll see that in Ephesians 1. He intends, just if you miss the rest of the, of the morning, here is the plan of God. He wants to put his grace on display for the whole world to see in your life. The redemption that he's working in your life, words chosen very carefully, the redemption that he's working in your life, it's not a finished event. The redemption that he's working in your life, he wants to put on display for the world to see. And he wants to put on display the forgiveness of your sin for the world to see that. And so what we want to do in this series is just put a spotlight on an individual person and see and tell their story. It's cool because the first week, next week, uh, we're going to talk about Ben's story. And, and a lot of you guys know that story, but he is very similar to the first prodigal son. Then the week after, we're going to tell Rebecca's story, and she is very similar to the second prodigal son. And we're going to put those things back to back and see the beauty of the redemption of God, no matter where you are in that story and in that process. Uh, so I'm very, very excited. Let's, let's get into it. Four reasons, really, for us to do this series. First is to spur one another on to maturity. The fact of the matter is, is as you see grace and mercy and redemption poured over an individual particular life, it motivates, encourages, catalyzes you to push in towards the grace of God. And that is the point. Um, I want to also say this, is as you see these stories, and as you see the brokenness that makes up lives, I hope that we can connect with this, these facts. You, in the brokenness that you exist in, or the brokenness that you existed in, 
is not original. I want you to know that. There are people that wrestle and struggle with the same brokenness that you wrestle and struggle with. The temptations that you fight on a daily basis, the temptation that you fought when you woke up this morning, that you went to bed with last night, are the temptations that others face. And we want to gather together in the midst of that brokenness. We all can, if we were to stand up and talk about our redemption and our brokenness and, and talk about how our parents hurt us or talk about how, how churches hurt us or talk about how teachers hurt us or friends. or We all have that. And the beautiful part of all of that is since we all have it, God is working that. Redemption really is, is God taking something that was broken and making it whole. God taking something that was bad and making it good. This is what God's story and plan is. And here's the other thing. Not only have people around us in similar fashions broken us, but we have broken people around us. Right? We're not just the ones being broken. We're the ones doing the breaking. The second purpose of the series is to show the redemption power of our God. There are many times in our lives where God works his redemption and weaves it into our lives, and we have no clue. We just say, great, that's awesome, and don't realize that God is working his redemption in our lives. And the Ephesians 1 will teach us that the purpose of redemption, the God's plan for all of man, mankind, for all of eternity, is to put his grace through redemption on display in our lives. And if we aren't paying attention, how are other people paying attention? So we want to, to bring that to the forefront, that there is redemption power in our God. And the thread of redemption is woven through our stories. And we hope that this series begins to help you to, to tangibilize, to manifest your story, be able to speak how God has redeemed and forgiven you. Uh, Third thing is to give us perspective on the grand story that God is telling. Um, you guys know that my, my house got uh, smacked by the tornado nine months ago or whatever, and we just moved back in a few weeks ago and all of that. Uh, yesterday, I kind of dug a space out in the basement and got to uh, my grandfather's uh, desk and bookshelf. My grandfather was in World War II like this decorated pilot flying, flying uh, B-17s and it's a really big deal and he, he moved up the light on the Air Force and he wound up running an Air Force base in Japan for like four or five years in the, the late, uh, late 40s and early 50s. And while he was there, he got this really strong Japanese wood and he built uh, this desk and Come over to my house. I'll show it to you. It's beautiful. John was over there yesterday doing some electrical work and, and saw this, this really strong, powerful desk and this bookshelf, which has survived so much and come over on a ship that took two weeks to get over uh, from, from Japan. And I'm sitting there pulling this out, understanding, knowing this. We're, we're telling this stories series for the purpose to see God's grand work and I'm thinking about my grandfather and thinking about this. And the same stuff, the same Ephesians 1 that we'll learn from is the same Ephesians 1 that my grandfather learned from. 
and his grandfather and his grandfather. God has been telling this grand redemption story since Adam was walking around. And this is, the beauty of this is this is God's design to tell these stories. And then the, the fourth thing, and where we're, we'll land and, and kind of unpack Ephesians 1 to support this reason, is to put the grace of God on display. That's really the biggest reason for the series, is to put the grace of God on display. We'll read this phrase in Ephesians 1 in a second, but I want to take a second to kind of explain it. You are to the praise of his glorious grace. I want to say that again. Listen to the words. You are to the praise of his glorious grace. All right, don't be weird. Don't think this is awkward, but I want you to say something with me. All right? I am to the praise of his glorious grace. All right? Let's go. I am to the praise of his glorious grace. You are to the praise of his glorious grace, which means people can see the grace of God in your life. A minute ago, I turned around and, and told you to look up there at the, the pictures of everybody. I was drawing your attention to that. That's what your life is. Drawing people's attention to the grace of God. And not just any grace of God. The glorious grace of God. That's what this is. It's a key phrase, and we'll get to it in a bit. Um, so if you have your Bible, uh, Ephesians 1 is where we're going to be reading from. I uh, want to tell a little bit of background about Ephesians. Ephesians is Paul goes into a city that's uh, very economically and socially and politically important in the, in the age, in the, the time and place of what's happening here. And there are no churches of any kind there, no Christian churches of any kind. Paul goes in, uh, teaches and preaches in a bunch of, uh, bunch of places and draws some, some converts, and then he begins to build a church there. So Ephesians is basically the, how to build a church out of nothing. It's one of the first things we did, uh, a series we did, is, is walking through the whole book of Ephesians. In fact, it was the first series we did it in, in the history of North Church about five years ago. Uh, so, and then the first chapter of Ephesians is just telling you what you have in Christ for the purpose of building the foundation of a church. All right? So, so don't miss that theme. As we, if, if we come to Scripture without understanding the whole of it and, and what it's doing and, and its purpose, we miss it. So the purpose of Ephesians 1 is to, is to build the foundation upon which the church is built. All right? Starting in, in verse 3. Let me read the going to, to verse 10. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace. There's our phrase with which he has blessed us in the Beloved. 
In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. I want to walk quickly through the first four verses there, verses three, four, five, and six, actually the first five verses. Um, Verse three, you have every spiritual blessing in Christ. I want you to know that. You have every spiritual blessing in Christ. We talked about the story, your grandfather's grandfather's grandfather. Every spiritual blessing that everyone has ever had for all of time, you own in Christ. You're no different than Paul in the spiritual blessing that you have. You're no different than Moses or Adam or me or Dave or your grandfather. No different. Verse 4, you are holy and blameless. We're going to talk about forgiveness of sin. We're going to talk about redemption. We're going to talk about brokenness. You're going to see stories up there of just some pretty ugly brokenness, especially ugly brokenness that a church culture would kind of like shy away from or get a little bit weirded out by. I want you to know that the stories that you're going to hear and the people that are telling them are holy and blameless. I want you to know that you, in Christ, are holy and blameless. Don't be confused. Don't believe a lie that says you are condemned or you're under condemnation. The Bible tells us we are not under condemnation. The Bible tells us here in Ephesians 1, as the building block for the church, that the church is made up of people holy and blameless. Verse 5, you are predestined for adoption. All right, don't get tripped up on the word predestined, all right? It's a small little word in this beautiful chapter. It just means things were predetermined. Don't sweat it. Don't worry about it. Don't lose the rest of this message trying to figure out what that word is or, or being freaked out about that word. Just know that we were adopted as children of God. Verse 5, this adoption is part of his plan. God is weaving events into our lives, drawing us into adoption, and it's part of his plan. Then verse 6, our phrase, you are to the praise of his glorious grace. Um, I recently wrote a letter to all of the people that, that helped in the insurance process on our house and wanted to tell their bosses what a great job that they had done. They'd really done their jobs really well because ultimately their job was to make us happy and get us into our house as quickly as they could with the house that we wanted to have. And I wrote a letter to their bosses telling them how great the adjusters and all those, those people were and the contractor and all that stuff. I wrote letters telling them that. That is to the praise of the adjusters. Follow? You are to the praise of his glorious grace. You are a letter written to the world from God about his grace. Even in your brokenness, especially in your brokenness. So skip down to verse 7. And verse 7 is where we get, we'll begin to, to, to dig into to the heart of this. 
Uh, we see in verse 7, the end of verse 7, according to the riches of his grace. The end of verse 7, according to the riches of his grace. And I want to think about this word, according to. Um, throw up that picture of, of my house there, Ben. I wish it was cloudy today. You could see this a little bit better. That is the finished product of my house. If you walked, went to my house today, you would see that. In fact, you guys can all come over. Seriously. Uh, come over and see it, and I'll teach more about redemption and the beauty of, of what happened. According to the terms of my insurance policy, the insurance company was required to make us whole, to provide replacement cost for my house. All right? That is according to the terms of the policy. And so, according to the terms of the policy, I got a call like, that happened on a Friday. I got a call like Saturday night from the adjuster saying, we'd like to come out. Are you, are you going to be there? Yeah, I'll be there. And so he came out and he, he walks around and takes a bunch of pictures and then he gets an architect involved and all of these, the architect coming and, and the payment to, to the architect was according to the terms of the policy. And he comes out and, and draws up some, a rough sketch of what the house is going to look like. And then, uh, a, a bricklayer comes in, a mason comes in, and he checks out the, the structural integrity of the house according to the terms of the policy. It was required that he comes out and does that. And then according to the terms of the policy, we had to uh, raise up some things that weren't up to code restrictions for the city of Ferguson. And so the, the, the inspector had to come out and check all those things out and said, yeah, we need to upgrade this, we need to upgrade that. In fact, we probably need to just ever do everything new, the electric and the plumbing and the heating and all that stuff has to be brand new according to the terms of the policy. And so what you're seeing there and what you see inside of my house is a, the result of the terms of my policy according to the terms of the insurance policy. And what I want to put in front of us is that phrase, according to. Without the terms of my insurance policy, our house looks completely different. My neighbor had a different insurance policy, not quite as good of an insurance policy. I mean, his house is, they had to cut a lot of corners. They didn't, nothing was great. But according to the terms of his policy, he doesn't have the, what, what I think is for my house, it's perfect. Seriously, I, you think I'm joking, come over, check it out. I would love to show you all the stuff that's there and, and show you the perfection of, of what's there. And it's, it's just, it's really cool. Very excited about it. More so because it's a picture of, of redemption that's there. But it's really according to the terms of the policy. So my house is finished now because of the terms of the policy. And that's this phrase here, according to the riches of his grace. That's what's happening, according to the riches of his grace. I want to draw a picture here. This chalkboard always sits here, and you think that this chalkboard has been sitting here for the last two years just to provide a little hallway, but really it's so that I can draw this picture to you for you guys this morning. And bear with me, because I am no Travis Wagner. I'm going to draw something for you, though. It's really like a chart deal, all right? So, the riches of his grace.
There it is. Okay? And this is, I'm drawing this because we really need to visualize and see exactly what's going on here. Okay? The riches of his grace. What are the riches of his grace? Go back in in verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of our trespasses. So, again, we are to the praise of his glorious grace. So the riches of his grace afford us these things. And remember the whole according to the terms of the policy, according to his grace. That's what we have. According to the grace that we have, we have these things. Redemption, cheap chalk. And forgiveness. Dude, you guys should be drawing this on your bulletin or something. Because what's getting ready to happen is really cool. And it, it brings the beauty of the grace of God into your life and into your heart. And this is the purpose of this series, the purpose of this story, the purpose of all that's happening here is for us to connect with this. The riches of the grace of God reside in you. You are to the praise of his glorious grace. What his grace is in you because redemption is in you. The forgiveness of sin is in you. If you think that it doesn't exist there, you nullify the grace of God and what he's trying to say to you, what he's trying to speak into your life and into your heart. And we're going to see and hear these stories on Sunday mornings. We're going to see and hear these stories in community groups that are going to draw our minds and draw our attention and draw our affection to the grace of God, to the riches of the grace of God. Uh, hit, hit some of those other pictures there, Ben. I'm going to move this chalkboard so you guys can all see it. This is uh, the dude from a Gamma Tree Service who came and took the tree out of our house, standing in, uh, like on top of our roof when it happened. Uh, and that, that truck is huge. Go back to that one. Is that just, there we go. Uh, that truck is massive, and that truck actually was not big enough to lift the tree off of our house. They had to bring in another bigger, more massive truck to, to lift this thing off. And this guy is like, you really should. I think Dave might have a video of this. He, he videoed it. He was over at my house and they were taking it off. This dude is like unbelievably crazy walking on this massive tree that's laying on my house and he's cutting pieces off. It's, it's really kind of amazing to watch him do this puzzle piece. But I wanted to show you this because I wanted you to see the brokenness that was my house. Flip to the next picture. Um, this is from the, the backside. To the right there is my neighbor's house, and to the left there, and I'm sorry that the, the pictures aren't, aren't popping here really good. This is the left side of my house, and what you see in front of you uh, is the garage that now is the dining room. And I'm going to show you a picture of the dining room that's finished here in just a second. Uh, Skip to the next one. This one is really cool. This is uh, in the attic. I climbed up to the attic and, and took this picture, and it is, uh, you can just really see, there's just a big gaping hole in my roof, and it was probably the width of my house and probably 25 feet long, uh, that big rectangle that was missing in my house. Uh, and... Okay, skip to the next one. That is 
the wall of my house that now where you see those boards there, that was a, a sun porch, and it's become like a, the, the master bathroom back there. And it's just beginning to be rebuilt at this point. You can see that uh, kind of the, the tree has been gone, and they've replaced the brick. Right there where the, the board and the, and the brick starts, that's where the, the tree had, had hit. You can see this kind of dipped a little bit right there where the tree had hit. They've not replaced it and repaired it fully. Uh, so now skip to the next one. Uh, that is from the front of my house looking back, and pretty much everything had been demolished inside of the house. Again, no roof that's there. Skip to the next one. I think the next one's really cool. Well, maybe, I, maybe it's not. I guess that is, that is really cool, but uh, not what I thought it was going to be. The, the beautiful thing is redemption is brokenness made whole. It is taking God taking what is bad and making it good. Go back to the picture that I do. The riches of God's grace poured out in you in the form of redemption and forgiveness. Your life, the grace of God on display in your life is God taking what was broken and making it whole. Taking what was bad and making it good. Weaving an ugly, difficult story and bringing great beauty to who he is. And that's what I'm begging we will all see as these stories get told. Brokenness and ugliness and bad that exists in us. And God orchestrating and weaving events to tell the story of his grace in our lives to other people. Putting his grace on display. Flip to the next picture. That is the image of uh, my living room going into the dining room. Seriously, come see this. So I can, we don't have to look at these pictures. We can actually see redemption taking place. And I, I, I've prayed that God would connect our minds and connect our hearts to the beauty of our lives and our story. And as we hear Ben and Rebecca and Amanda and Kai and all these people tell their stories about how God took what was broken, took bad choices, bad decisions, and and weaved his grace throughout it and covered them with his grace and brought the beauty of his grace to the story so that now... In retrospect, we can see the grace of God on display in their lives. And that would motivate us, stir our hearts and our affection to holiness, stir our heart and our affection to worship. This is why we're here. God, redemption, and forgiveness are the paints that God is using to put this beautiful picture of his grace on display. Go into an, an, an art museum. We've got a great and free art museum in Forest Park. Go in there and look at it and, and connect with the, the artist pouring passion in his heart and soul and who he was, the workmanship, the craftsmanship that goes into a piece of art and understand that in Ephesians 1, the 
story that Paul is communicating to us is that this is you are a beautiful work of art created by God. And the tools that he uses are redemption and forgiveness to paint that beautiful picture. But here's the, here's the, the other part of this is he is lavishing these things down upon us. This is where I, I fail. I wish I could have something really cool to like, picture lavish. But these things are just, it says he's lavished upon us. Um, next time you guys go to Maggiano's, you, can, you know you can go order a pasta at Maggiano's right now, and they give you another pasta to take home. And like the first pasta they give you, you're not going to eat at all. You like bring home at least a meal in that one. And then they give you another one to take home. This is the idea. I know it's, it's silly and I don't mean to be a commercial for Maggiano's. Uh, but the, the picture is lavishing on you. And this is, we've, we've just got to connect. We've just got to see and understand that God is pouring his redemption on our lives every moment of every day. And it's, it's so beautiful. And this series, the purpose, the, the reason behind it is to, to stop and look and see how God is lavishing his grace and his redemption on us so that we can pay attention to what he is and, and who he's doing this. And then... Skip down to, to verse 9. Making known to us, him lavishing all these things on us, is making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose. See those, those phrases. This is God making known to us the mystery of his will, and it's according to his purpose. It's that phrase according to again which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time. I want to stop and, and say again, the plan for the fullness of time, for the, the course of, of, of all of history, is for God to tell this story in your life. God decided the way to tell his redemption story and his forgiveness story is to tell it through your life. The ESV study Bible about this passage says, the work of Christ on the cross is the central axis for the history of creation. The work of Christ on the cross is the central axis for all of creation. The thing upon which everything spins, everything hinges, is the work of Christ on the cross, which brings this forgiveness, this redemption. God is bringing all things together in heaven and on earth through Jesus. That is verse 11, verse, verse 10. This plan of God for the fullness of time is to unite all things in him 
all things in heaven and things on earth. The grace of God is on display in our lives with his redemption and his forgiveness. Let's, uh, let's spend a moment in, in prayer. God, I, uh, God, I just pray that you would give us a moment now to pause and reflect, Father. God, you're leading my spirit in this moment for us to just sit and be silent and think about your grace and your redemption in our lives. So as you guys sit in these chairs this morning, I just want you to just stop and dwell on the grace of God showing up in your life in the form of redemption and forgiveness of sin. Silently in your mind, ask God to bring you knowledge of his grace in your life. And then just sit and listen. God, I ask you now to use the thoughts that you've placed into our minds and into our spirits. to stir our our affection for you, God, to worship, to stir our affection for you, God, to holiness. God, I'm a weak vessel. leading a bunch of weak vessels. God, I'm shattered and broken, prone to wander, prone to failure. God, we are all in this room weak, broken, sinning souls, God. But, oh God, oh God, you have seen fit to redeem us. You have seen fit to to forgive us, Father. God, would you put your grace, your glorious grace, on display in our lives, Father. God, I pray that you would speak clearly 
vividly into our lives as we respond to you, God. God, I pray for us to listen to your spirit. If we were to stand and sing loud, then we would do that. If we were to sit and journal or sit and think or grab someone and go and pray, God, would we be sensitive to that, Father? God, we give you these moments to do as you will. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your grace and your redemption. God, I pray that you would use this time. In Christ's name.